I, s- <laughs> I got that. Got it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, that's just how Sean and I spend time. Literally every time we're on the phone, I'm drinking sparkling water. Because he, he always calls me around the time that I'm eating dinner. And uh, I'm just burping in his face a lot. I mean, you're not really burping my face. It's not like we're in the same room together, Olivia. I come from a long line of pastry chefs, and these truly are the most delicious cookies I have ever tasted. (laughs) (laughs) I do not remember that line, but hello, welcome. It's a very merry Netflix, the made for TV. What? A very merry Netflix Christmas. A very merry God, Netflix do you Christmas. not even know the title of our podcast, Olivia? God, you're the one who came up with it. <laughs> it's been a long day. You had your cheese foot issue. I got AirPods. Oh, God. We, do we need to air that in the, the <laughs> podcast? No, we can keep it to ourselves. Um, I'll, put the, I'll put the picture on Instagram. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> God, I sent... So, without getting too much into it, (laughs) my foot is infected and it looks awful. (laughs) And I told her it looks like a pizza. (laughs) Now, as you can imagine, it's not a great look. Um. And, you know, Olivia's curiosity got the better of her. And I know she kept asking me and asking me, so what does this look like? So I send her a picture, and as Olivia does, when I send Olivia a picture, she just she just mocks me for it. It's an instant regret. I knew before I even did it, I was going to regret it. But you know, you were you were trying to threaten me with the picture, and I was like, I actually want to see it. Like, gross stuff, bring it. Like, I'm trying to think what the grossest thing I've ever seen. I used to watch Doctor Pimple Popper for fun, you know. Like watch her popping zits and pimples. One time, a coworker and I watched a fifteen-minute cyst drainage together. It was incredible. Well, Olivia, speaking of disgusting things to watch, what did we watch this week? <laughs> this week, or not this week? Today, what do we watch today? Yeah, we're doing one of these a day, my dude. Oh uh, yeah, today. What do we watch today? Today we watched the terrible movie A Christmas Inheritance, whatever the fuck. It's so bad. I just want to say real quick, I feel like this movie really should have been called Christmas Incognito. <laughs> just because Christmas Incognito. Because before we get into like the plot and everything, they use the word incognito so often throughout this movie, and you just kind of go. You don't know any synonyms? Do you guys not have a thesaurus on hand? What's going on? Anyways. The the movie title Christmas Incognito makes me think it's like Santa Claus on a secret mission or like maybe the Santa Claus movies. That could be Christmas Incognito or like Santa Incognito. Just anything besides this. Yeah. This movie. So here's the thing. I love terrible made for TV Christmas movies. Like I love the time traveling night movie, The Night Before Christmas. I love A Christmas in Boston, which I forced one of my friends to watch. He got so mad. He kept yelling at the TV and stormed off in a Christmas induced rage. (laughs) Okay. So I like these terrible movies. So if, if I say... Christmas movie is bad. You know it is the absolute pits. Like it is 
garbage. <laughs> I hated it. I didn't want to watch it, but I forced myself. I because I saw a Christmas Prince first, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Christmas Inheritance, that's got to be good too. No, wrong. Olivia, tell us what is Christmas Inheritance about? So there's this girl from the big city, which is one of our Christmas cliches. We'll get to those later. There's a girl from the big city who doesn't really understand the meaning of Christmas. And her dad owns a major company, but it started off small. So her dad said that for Christmas, she had to deliver the Christmas letter. So her dad and her, the dad and the business partner, they trade a letter in person on Christmas every year. So he gives his daughter the letter and he's like, I want you to deliver this in person, but you only have a hundred dollars like I did. And you have to go spend a few days in this town. Can can I make a note real quick? Absolutely. So first of all, just the most whatever kind of plot, like who cares? Why would anyone care about delivering letters? That's number one. But more importantly, with the giving her $100 to essentially live off of mm-hmm. for, I don't know, a day, two days. Sorry, I'm about to burp. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Ugh. Man, I can burp better than that. I'm not intentionally trying to do it, Olivia. <laughs> Anyways, first of all, $100. You started your business, what, 20, 30 years ago? You're not going to adjust for inflation. Right. Second of all, when he gives her the $100, he just straight up puts a $100 bill in an envelope and then passes it off to her. (laughs) What a waste of an envelope. It's real sketchy and just weird. Like, why did you need to put it again? Just hand her the money. And finally, why a $100 bill? Now, I understand, you know, for the movie, it looks cleaner, but logistically, everyone would exactly everyone would say, uh, we can't cash 100. I mean, it's just logic right here. Come on, guys. What are you doing? And so she has to go deliver the Christmas letter. But some more information about our girl from the big city, who I literally don't remember her name. It was like Ellen, maybe. Was it Ellen? It might have been. It's the name of somebody I know. Ah, fuck. Rich girl. Let's just call her Rich Girl. Ellen. It's Ellen. It is Ellen. Her name is Ellen. So Ellen has a fiance. And we're not supposed to like the fiance because the fiance is bad. Because the fiance is materialistic and doesn't understand the true meaning of Christmas. And he has some of the best worst quotes. He says... One of his first lines when he's closing a deal on his cell phone. One of his what line? One of his slurst lines? One, <laughs> and, and one of his first lines, he says a great bit. He's closing a deal on his phone while ignoring somebody else. And he says, yes, then that's how we close it. And I think Which, I actually, I think I gave a better performance right now than what he did. That was. And you know, that reminds me of one of my least favorite movies, Glengarry Glenn Ross. Oh, fuck you, Olivia. That's a great movie. <laughs> it's not a great movie. So. Because you, you, you're not a closer. You're not a winner. That's why I love you. You know what? It's because I am not a straight white man. That's why I don't like the movie Glengarry Glenn Ross. Damn. Well, I am a straight white man. And I think it's a good and movie. And that's why you like Glengarry Glenn Ross. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ellen has the letter, has a $100 bill, 
goes to the town and she, again, doesn't know what she's doing. And she runs into our romantic lead man, dude. How does she run into him, Sean? Oh, oh, this is a Christmas cliche by a vehicle. Exactly. There's a vehicle involved. Because her luggage gets kicked into the street and Jake, who is the guy, is a poor driver and says, you know, I know something just went out into the street. I'm just going to go full throttle ahead and ram right into it. (laughs) So that's what he does. And then he stops, gets out and is like, whoa, lady, what are you doing throwing your luggage in the street like that? And she's like, I have my luggage, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they meet. He takes her to the end. She gets her house or she gets her housing there. I I, want to say, so he's established at first as the taxi driver, even though this is the only the one and only instance of that. He never does it again because then he becomes the hotel manager. But anyways, in this one instance, he says, hop in. Trust me, I am your best option right now. And he's saying that because she's like, oh, I can just call an Uber. I can call a Lyft instead of, you know, using you to get to the hotel. And I'm like, this guy has total serial killer vibes right now. Such serial killer vibes. When you say, hop in, trust me, I go, don't do that. People are going to find your body parts within your luggage. You're just giving him the case right now. What are you doing? Don't do it. And then also later on in the movie, just like some of the looks that Jake gives Ellen is just like creepy. Serial killer. Super serial killer. The way he did his hair, he was not charming. He was very wooden and made me very uncomfortable. And like, I didn't want them to get together because he's a total dick. I mean, so here's the thing. I don't even think it's necessarily the writing. It's just he was so poorly miscast that you just go like, okay. There's a couple things I want to say about him going along with the woodenness that you were saying. There's one scene later on in the movie where she kind of I, I, I am blanking on exactly. But essentially, he is uh, helping with a stage or something. And he talks to the other people. And he's like, oh, chitting and chatting, making jokes. And I'm like, oh, is this the bit where he's supposed to be personable and funny and nice? Because that's not what I'm reading. It's like an alien trying to fake it. That's what I felt. Hello, humans. I am here to learn about the spirit of Christmas. Knock, knock. Who, who's there? Knock, knock. That, Who, that, that, that's him. That's his joke. Oh, okay. So he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to joke like me. I also don't know how to joke. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so... She's staying in the town. She's learning the spirit of Christmas. We've got Christmas baking. And we've also got a kind of well-known star in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a movie I watched for the first time this year. It's the lady from Groundhog Day. She's in this movie. And Four Weddings and a Funeral. This movie is basically the net actors fell into when they couldn't get other roles. So it's just like, oh man, I can't have a role with Bill Murray or Hugh Grant anymore. So I guess I'll do this Christmas movie. And same with Serial Killer Bro, because the year before he did another Christmas movie and his love interest was Olivia Wilde. And I went, that's wild. Real, real fall, real fall. Like, I haven't seen that movie, but fun fact, you know, thanks for that laugh, Olivia. 
so Olivia, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's learning the spirit of Christmas. She's really enjoying her time. And like, she can't find the guy who she's supposed to give the letter to. And she also can't tell anybody in this town who she really is. Like, she can't tell them that she's an heiress. And so... Um, incognito. And Christmas incognito. And so there, there's a homeless man. And she, like, doesn't want to give the homeless man money because she says it's not actually helping the homeless since we're not encouraging them to earn their own money. Excuse me. What? Okay. Okay. She's like, that's what my fiance said. So just another clue that we're not supposed to like the fiance. And then there ends up being this like major storm. And so they're trying to get all these people into like the hotel. And then she goes out in the storm and she brings a homeless guy and it's like, Oh my God, she's like learned her lesson, I guess. But also the same night that they have this. I know. This terrible storm. Deadly. One of the worst. So deadly. One Day of the after worst. tomorrow outside. <laughs> Seriously, like it is supposed to be one of the like the worst storm in 10 years. After they bring everybody inside the hotel, Jake and Alan go on a fucking walk. And it's like, it's like nothing. Outside. It's nothing. People are outside. There is no snow. People are driving. And I was like, did we just what? Yeah, it was nuts. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Was it not serious in the beginning? Did it like just clear up in two hours? I mean, what's going on here? Snowfalls? Were they in the eye of the storm? I, don't, I was like so confused. I was like, I thought this was the worst storm ever. Why are people on the street? Like they had, she had to give up her room to a family of three. And like, yeah, it didn't make any sense. She had to give up to her room for a family of three a mom a baby and a little girl and first of all they were like oh like they made it an option like oh you don't have to oh i'm like you're a real jerk if you don't fucking do that like there, <laughs> there's a difference between like being nice and generous and just being like an asshole and you'd be a real asshole if you said oh you know mom baby little girl fuck off also with that but they go up to the room and this this room has a couch and they're like, oh, we can just sleep on the couch. Really? You three people going to sleep on a couch? <laughs> I don't think so. So this one girl whose room it is can sleep on this big ass bed? I don't think so. And again, if you didn't give it up, you're just a real piece of shit. Yeah. So we have the worst storm ever, but it's not actually the worst storm ever because like, you know, they're just walking around like it's nothing. Our two leads are becoming more entwined and we figure out that um, Jake, he's got a hard exterior because he's got some trauma. Like whenever the song Silent Night comes on, (laughs) he has like an out of body experience. He's like Silent Night. I can't fucking stand this song. God damn it. Silent night. Fuck this. That, that, that's him. That's him. Whenever that turns on. He literally, he went up to the jukebox and started like punching it. He he abused, he abused that jukebox. He smashed it to pits. And, uh, and we find out that his trauma comes from the fact that he did. He married a big city girl. Were they married? I thought they were just dating. No, no, they got married. I'm pretty sure they got married. This movie is so forgettable, so I'm sure you're right. He was either engaged or married to a big city girl, 
and they were married for a year and they went out to dinner and it was around Christmas time. And at dinner, she told him that she was having an affair and moved on to someone else. And then the song Silent Night started to play after that. And so now he can't hear the song Silent Night without having a total freak out. Do you think if some carolers were singing Silent Night, he'd have a similar reaction to the jukebox? Oh, start he'd just punch someone out. Yeah. <laughs> he'd knock him to the ground. Um, Stop with that fucking song, god damn it! Play some Jingle Bell Rock or something! And so at this point, I just started flipping off the TV. Anytime his face would come up, I'd just be like, fuck you, like you're dumb, stop. Um, and so, you know, she can't, Ellen can't deliver the letter and she's supposed to go to Hawaii with her boyfriend. So then her boyfriend is like, or her fiance is like, fuck this, I'm coming down. So then the fiance comes in, which, <laughs> you know, jazzes things up a little bit. And then he doesn't like who Ellen is becoming because she's not the same anymore, even though it's been like three days. And then Jake and Ellen's fiance are at the bar together. And the fiance lets it slip. Let, let's uh, Jake know who Ellen really is accidentally. And then Jake just like fucking freaks out because we know about his trauma with big city girls. Yeah. Also, I don't know. Did you want to wait for the tropes or are we going to say them? Yeah. Should we just jump into it? No, 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 no. Because you're still talking about the, the plot. But basically, Jake finds out that she's a big city girl she kind of leaves the town and then realizes that she can't leave the town. So she goes back to the town. She ends her engagement with Jay, with the fiance. Santa Claus is there. It's the dude who has to receive the letter. It's over. And you know, as soon as you see him, you're like, that's Zeke, the guy you're here for the whole time. It's so obvious. It's Come so on. Obvious. So, yeah, and then it's over, and I was just like, thank God this movie's over. So mm -hmm. we had 12 Christmas cliches. Mm -hmm. So our first one, spoiled rich girl goes to small town because she needs to learn the true spirit of Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's one of the, my favorite Christmas tropes. Like Christmas cookies, it's the same thing. And you think this movie's going to be Christmas cookies, but it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> Next trope. It's Christmas shit. It's Christmas shit. Next trip, dead relative. And then I have the note, do any of these women have moms? Because in A Christmas Prince and Christmas Inheritance and The Night Before Christmas, they don't have moms. It's it's They're trying to be like Disney, you know? Like their moms are dead. So that's something we have to look out for. We have a meet cute involving a vehicle like we've described. And that happens in several of these movies. Uh, we've got a shitty materialistic partner who doesn't like Christmas traditions we also have a small a shitty negging mansplaining small town love interest that happens quite frequently uh we have a known star as a side character the lady from uh, groundhog day it's um i have it i wrote it down it's something mcdowell i don't know if you want to like join in on chime in on any of these or uh the one i wanted to add was um i don't know if you have this but it's the same trope as Christmas Prince, blonde girl who lies about her identity, and oh. then and then the guy finds it out and just is like, oh, "You liar! How dare you!" 
I did not have that on my list. So way to go. Yeah, I'm catching them. I'm, I'm, I'm finding those cliches. Bam, bam. We've got small town is better than the big city. We've got a Christmas baking montage. Can I talk about the Christmas baking real quick? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So at some point, so there's a line and I <laughs> so wrote it down. Notes. You have so many notes. I have three pa- three. I have three front and back pages of notes. So <laughs> for this, this guy says, this random guy who we've never seen before and just never meet again. He's an extra. He gets, she gives him one of her cookies. He takes a bite and says, I come from a long line of pastry chefs. <laughs> and these truly are the most delicious cookies I've ever tasted. Now, for so, some context is, this girl literally did not know how to crack an egg a day before. <laughs> she, <laughs> she didn't know what it meant to separate an egg. She was told to separate eggs. So she takes her eggs and puts them in two different bowls, like the whole egg. Yeah. So it's just like you're saying that either she got so good in a day or that your parents were such a shitty pastry chefs that literally the bare minimum is better or you just don't have a taste for it. I don't know. It's just, or it, it's not even just his parents. It's his, a long line of pastry yeah. chefs. So it's gotta be at least great grandparents, great, great grandparents. Oh you know? yeah. You know, say what you will about grandma's recipe, you know? Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, can oh, I cliche? We, yeah. Oh, Go ahead. No, it's not even a cliche, but something I was just thinking about going off of that. So near the end of the movie, she goes around collecting donations for the raffle later on or whatever. And she drives around. She takes a car and drives around. And I'm just thinking to myself, there's literally no way she knows how to drive a car. I mean, you are a big city New Yorker girl in the top 1%. <laughs> You're rich. In what world are you driving around New York City? And the answer is no world. You are not doing that. So how do you know how to drive? Who trusted her with a car to drive? It's weird. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we've got the Christmas baking. Oh, classic trope. Small town man has bad past with a big city girl. Uh, they fall in love within a few days. Like literally, she forgot about her fiance, and they're I just know. about to. Like she, she, she's in this magical Christmas town for two or three days, and almost like has an affair because she nearly forgets about her fiance. She forgets about her fiance, and he forgets that she told him that. She had a fiance. So it's like bad on both parts. (laughs) And, you know, it's just this thing about like, it's the idea of like Christmas magic. But sometimes Christmas magic is like sinister. okay? because like you're just put in this small town Christmas bubble and like you just forget everything about your previous life. And like she didn't want to go to Hawaii. Like her fiance would call and be like, oh, my God, that's right. She had a fiance. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to go to Hawaii, but I don't want to go to Hawaii. I need to deliver this letter. It's Christmas. The magic of Christmas. <laughs> spirit of Christmas. Which the spirit of Christmas, terrible made for TV Christmas movie. A lady <laughs> literally falls in love with a ghost and has to solve his murder. That sounds like ghost. <laughs> you know, 
God, I hated that one. Okay. We only got a, a few more. So we've got homemade is better than bought. Mm-hmm. And then um, like, we've also got, oh, yeah. I was going to say just like that uh, Apple computer that gets donated. Oh, my God. And uh, we've also got covers of Christmas songs, but they're covers you've never fucking heard of. Like they're just terrible renditions that you've never heard in your entire life. Mm -hmm. And uh, one last one that I'd like to add that I forgot to put on my list was you learn about the spirit of Christmas. It's not to be materialistic, but it's also be materialistic at the same time. You know, very wise words, Olivia, from a very wise movie. I don't know if you can tell. I'm like really grasping at straws. I hated this movie. I don't want to talk about this movie. It's terrible. I just literally kept texting you like this movie sucks. I kept flipping off the TV because somehow that made me I was like protesting the movie. And that dude's face just like he like Jake is not okay. if he. Here's a song, Silent Night, and he goes into a rage. He's ready to break his aunt's jukebox. He's ready to punch out some carolers. <laughs> that man is not okay. That man cannot be going to a relationship. He obviously has some issues he hasn't worked through yet. And like, what what are they going to do? Like, if they get together, what are they going to do after Christmas? Because I think once New Year's rolls around, she's going to be like, oh, shit. What the fuck have I done with my life? Yeah, I'm stuck mm-hmm. in this little town, and this man needs help. Also, it's revealed, like what two thirds through the movie, that he's an artist, and that he should I... pursue his artistic, uh, whatever he wants, his artistic feelings, needs, whatever it is. I honestly forgot that he was an artist. Because it's so forgettable. I only remember it because it's in my notes. And because it's in my notes because it's so fucking stupid. Because you're right. It's barely in the thing. And even then, it's like, A, Ellen sees the sketches he draws. And she's like, oh, these are really good. Have you thought about selling these or turning this into a business? And I'm like, first of all, your sketches are not that good. They just, they're very mediocre. I mean, I have seen so many other struggling artists with so much better work. So, buddy, you got to stop. Nobody cares. You know, that's another cliche. And then second of all, of course, the millionaire is going to say, oh, you can make some money out of this. Oh, I, I think that you can do something with this. Where in reality, I'm sorry to tell you, bud, with your shitty ass drawings, even, even if you're like a great fucking artist, it's still a struggle. So for her to be like, oh, you should try and make some money out of this in a small town. I mean, it's just like she is so out of touch with mm-hmm. just making money and just understanding. But also, couldn't she have heard that if she's becoming the CEO of this card company, hire him to be an artist on the cards? That's how you do that it. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that's how you do it, but they didn't think about that. They didn't they didn't think this one through. <laughs> they they didn't really think this whole movie through because they're like, "Oh my god, we've got the worst storm ever. We've got to get these people in the hotel." Okay, now we're going to go out we're going to walk to the cafe and get some tea together. It just didn't make any sense. We also need to add a Christmas cliche here. And that's the fact that our leading man has some sort of secret or hidden talent. Like with Prince, Prince Richard, his secret talent was playing the piano. With Jake, it's being an artist. I think it was also um, murdering snowmen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 
Oh, God. I have so many fucking notes on this thing. I don't know what else we could talk about, though. I'm so done. Um, Andy McDowell. That's her name. Andy McDowell. You know, I did not watch Groundhog Day until this year because there was a two week period. What? Yeah. There was a two week period in the quarantine. I was like, every day I'm going to watch a movie I've never seen before. So that's how I watched like Silence of the Lambs, Escape from New York with your boy, Kurt Russell. That's how I watch Groundhog Day. Oh, man. Escape. The, the all, all, all good movies. Or not, not the, watch firm, the Minority firm. Report. Yeah. There's Minority Report. Uh, another note. So we established earlier that there's a horrendous snowstorm that clears up in like two hours. Now, in the height of the snowstorm, the little girl that we talked about earlier says, oh, no, I forgot Douglas the dog, which is a stuffed animal. I think that Ellen should have, in her generosity and her kind spirit, risked her life to get Douglas the dog, the stuffed animal, back for this little girl. And maybe the movie could have ended a little bit sooner. If you catch my trick. See, see, the real message of this movie is, you know, why care about your old things when you can get a new thing? Here, here's a new stuffed bear. Love this instead. Douglas the dog is dead. He's never coming back. You need to accept that. (laughs) He's gone. He's moved on. Oh, fuck. This is another thing. So we were saying when they almost kiss and the trouble with the fiance and everything, right? That's an issue. But then what we left out was that cliche that Olivia brought up earlier with the dead mom. So Ellen gives a little speech about how she misses her mom and everything. And that's the moment that Jake decides, you know what? I should kiss her. And then when she's like, oh, that's a bad idea. He literally says awkwardly, sorry, you were just talking about your mom and thinking that's the right moment to to say it. And I I added in parentheses, so let me read the full quote. Sorry, you were just talking about your mom and how she died. I just felt like it was a great, it was a great moment to kiss a creepy stranger because I'm the creepy stranger. I'm a serial killer. Hey, want to see see how I use these knives? Let's fucking make out by these ice sculptures that mm-hmm. I made. <laughs> also, computer shop guy. Like I said, she goes around asking for donations. She gets donations for pretty much everybody except this computer shop guy. And he's like, there's no way I'm going to give you a donation. What a, what do you think? I'm crazy. Why would I? Why should I do this? And she's like, it's the right thing to do. And then cut to her coming out with the computer. I just want to say... In no world would you say to anyone, it's the right thing to do, and they would just automatically give it away. So I'm just curious, what happened between the cuts? Sean, you're forgetting about the third character in this movie. Who? Christmas Magic. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry, Christmas Magic. I forgot you. <laughs> Christmas Didn't seem Magic. like you were here. Is pulling the strings on all this shit. Like, that's how Circle got to the, the present. That's how fucking What's-Her-Face got through the security of Aldovia. (laughs) And that's how Ellen got her computer and magically forgot about her fiancé after three days. You know, speaking of Circle, I'm glad you brought this back up because I wanted to ask you, Olivia, going along with our segment, who would win win in a fight? Circle with his sword or... Jake with his pencil and flannel shirt. (laughs) 
You know, I really hate Jake, so I'm going to be rooting for Sir Cole to like just chop his head off. Like that's what I want to see. See, it's a tough choice, but I still think Jake has the edge. And hear me out. <laughs> It's only because he's a serial killer. That's the <laughs> That's only so reason. True. I forgot. Okay, I know you're you're totally right. Because Sir Cole's not actually a knight yet, so we don't know he's killed anybody. Right. But we know right. we well, know Jake has. This, no, no. I have to ask: Is this fight happening before the night before Christmas or after the night before Christmas? Uh, they have to theoretically happen in the same timeline. <laughs> So I guess mid of each movie. Okay. So he's not quite there yet. He's not quite there yet. It can't be a post. Yeah. No, you're so right. You're so right. He would like, I think Jake would convince Cole not to have a fight and to meet up somewhere. And then on the way, like take him into an alley and just like stab him <laughs> right, the, right in the yeah. killer. Just throw him <laughs> in a taxi, you know, back yeah. in a taxi. Also, Andy McDowell versus the old crone who would win. All crone is from Night Before Christmas, and she's not even that old. They no. took like they took like someone in her like twenties or thirties and like aged her up and said, "Talk with this weird accent." And but, she like does this weird laugh where she's like. <laughs> but Sir Cole is constantly like, "Where's that old crone? The old crone." I would say Annie McDowell because that bitch knows how to work a fucking baking sheet. You That's know, true. and she gets some of those kitchen knives and just be like, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas yeah. the old crone would be like, I have Christmas magic. That's true. That's very true. Man, it's gonna be a real slug fest by the end of this podcast. <laughs> so we're gonna It's have like to, the we, mortal so, combat of Christmas movies. But so so we know that that Richard and Jake could take down Cole, but I think Richard is taking down Jake. Oh, for sure. Because Richard can use a gun and a bow and ride a horse. I assume the prince is going to be able to take down most people. So that's our next question. So like, okay, obviously this dude's fighting Sir Cole, but like, what about, you know, where is he in the, in the hierarchy? I mean, it's, it's Richard by far. Number one, then like, cause there are going to be more princes. And princesses. Okay, well, we'll see. But right now, fighting for dead last is Jake and Sir Cole. <laughs> there is one thing I liked about this movie. Oh, my God. A single thing. When Ellen read the letters, so there's narration. She finally reads the letters in the box that she's supposed to give about the, the history of the company and the relationship between her father and Zeke. I thought it was pretty sweet. I liked it. That was the only moment I liked. I was gonna say the one moment that I liked is when she's she didn't know how to separate eggs. <laughs> uh, there's a great quote at some point in the movie. I can't remember who said it because I didn't write and it's so forgettable. But the quote goes, sometimes you need a break from Christmas. Oh, wait. <laughs> it goes, sometimes you need a break even from Christmas. That's this movie. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's all I got, Sean. <laughs> and then remember when... At the end, Annie McDowell says, remember, some secrets are too big a burden to keep. And like before, I added a little bit. So remember, some secrets are too big a burden to keep, like where I hid the bodies for Jake. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny, Sean. I'm just busting a nut over here. 
I, I you can tell I'm just reading off of a list. I have so many. I I'm finishing it up, but I had so many notes, guys. But Sean, do we do we need to go through the notes? Take me out of this movie. I hate it. I hate being okay. here. Okay. What's your rating, Olivia? What are you gonna give this? Three out of ten. Three out of ten. Gingerbread man. Yeah. It, yeah. I for some reason had an image of a gingerbread man with only one limb. Three out of ten. Okay. Um, I'll give it a four out of ten. Didn't hate as much as you. Didn't like it. Um, yeah. Well, that that was Christmas inheritance. Christmas inheritance. If you if you guys think you want to watch this movie, Don't. watch something else. Watch a Chris. Watch the night before Christmas. Honestly, like okay, oh. this movie is worse than the night before Christmas, right? It's really hard to say because we we were able to make fun of a night before Christmas where we had to watch this in solitude. So I feel like that's not necessarily fair. Oh, I think it is. Okay, my foot, so my foot's leaking. <laughs> your your cheese foot. <laughs> Uh. Yeah, close us out, Olivia. Okay, well, thanks for listening. It's only 23 sleeps until Christmas. And uh, yeah, tomorrow we're going to be watching, what is that? El Camino Christmas, which is going to be, I think, a pretty hard turn from what we've watched so far. Oh, yeah, there's a hostage situation and everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's totally not what we just watched. No princes here, <laughs> okay. but I'm sure well, there will be a least. I'm sure there will be at least a little Christmas magic. I'm hoping there's some Christmas hostage magic. Okay. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow. Merry Christmas.